Recording live from the Northeast Georgia Business Radio X studio. This is Northeast Georgia Business Radio. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back to another exciting edition of Northeast Georgia Business Radio. I'm your host, Tom Sheldon, and we are coming to you live from the beautiful Empower College and Career Center of Jackson County. I have with me a a very interesting guest today. I don't believe I've had anyone in his field, very interesting field. I have with me today Mr. Jan Dupree from Perplexity LLC. Jan, welcome to the Northeast Georgia studio, sir. Thank you, Tom. Great to be here. Did I say your name right? Yeah, Jan is good. Jan? Okay. I got the last name right. Dupree. I I always worry I'm going to butcher somebody's last name. (laughs) Perplexity LLC, man. Risk mitigation. That's what I hear. Risk mitigation focusing on threat assessment, threat prevention. What kind of risk are we working against? Well, in the in the industry, managing safety and security as well as identifying, addressing potential threats requires a continuous ongoing action into the environment that the client or you yourself find yourself in to manage those risks, to manage the threats that you detect, whether you are driving or just going about mowing your lawn. If you have these electric lawn mowers, mm-hmm. are you going over your own electric cord or not? That is typical risk management because right. you are managing your own risk. So it's a it's a very broad field. Threats can come from every direction in your internal environment, your external environment. Where's your house situated, your place of work? What's the crime rate around you? What threats are you actually open to that could occur? And what's the probability of those things occurring? That is what we do. So we work with our clients. We assess their environments. Um, and it starts all the way back at... What does the building consist of? What's the facilities look like? Do you have a big fence? Do you have a small fence? Do you have a tree that's too close to the roof that someone can use to climb up and get access to the roof? Stuff like that. So we assess the entire environment. Um, starts at a 10-mile radius, coming back into a one-mile radius around your property. Then the property itself. Uh, obviously, risk assessments touch on... Um, OSHA rules. It touch on is your electricity safe. So this is this is commercial as well as residential. It is co- a, mm-hmm. a property. Yes, a property. It could, could be, be residential. Could be anything. It can be a building site. How a close const- are you? Construction to, site. Yeah, it can be. How close are you to the river? Are you susceptible to a flood coming through? Oh wow! So when, when I think risk management right away, I think just against crime. But so much more than that. So much. You're talking about Mother Nature. I talk about Mother Nature. Tornadoes. The type of glass that you have, is a tornado protected? Yes or no. In terms of glass, of course, you can go all the way to, is it active shooter resistant? Ballistic stuff. Yeah, ballistic stuff. What what do you allow and what do you not allow? It's all risks that we are faced with. We need to mitigate those risks. Now, you don't need to spend money to mitigate the risk. And that is what perplexity focus on. I don't go to my clients and say to them, listen, you need to put up a six-foot fence now or eight-foot fence and you need barbed wire and 20,000 CCTV cameras and you need a metal detector at the front door, those are tools. Right. But if you fix your operational 
policies and procedures. If you start to look who you allow in from the front gate, it's one of those those things that I find in the field currently with all the school incidents that we have is that there was an incident and now everybody wants metal detectors in the front door. Okay, question. I'm ignorant. Hey, I'm a, I'm a podcast host, right? I, I know nothing. Hmm. Metal detectors, I'm sure, are great things, no doubt. But if something gets inside your front door, is it too late? Way too late. Yeah. That's the point. Right. Um, I, I, thought, I thought that was the point you were making. Yeah, yeah that's the whole point. And, and metal detectors are great, by all means. But it's too late. The earlier you can detect a threat, right. the more you can do about it. Of course. That's why um, the current trend, the current way of, of school safety and security is going towards threat assessment centers. We need to identify the people before they get the crazy idea to actually act on it. Right. Everybody has crazy ideas. We all fantasize. Well, we, all, we, all have, yeah, we all have strange we, ideas. We are that humankind, but before it turns into an action, that is when you need to intervene. That's got to be difficult. It is very difficult because your odds of being wrong is always very high. Well, and hopefully you are wrong. Hopefully you are. But as we say, where there's a little bit of smoke, there's probably a fire. There's a fire below. It is about getting people the help they need. Right. That is the, the best mitigation that you can do, is if you have someone that is emotionally, mentally unable to deal with a specific stimulus into their personality, Mm -hmm. the best way to deal with it is to give them the help they need. Long before it reaches that point. Long before it goes to where they feel they've got no other... Right. In a shooter-type scenario, they're not an active shooter until they're actually an active shooter. Physically. Physically? Mentally, they might have been for who knows. Yeah. But it's hidden. That's my point. It it is actually not. It's not. It's not. You're looking for warning signs. There are. There has not been a single incident so far that has not had multiple warning signs before the time. The Secret Service is doing beautiful investigations into all these incidences. So um, they're they're getting they're getting somewhere on all this. They are. inroads. There, there is so much resources out there. The media there. doesn't want to tell us that. They try not to, I guess. I guess. But there's, uh, there's truly a lot of, of good resources out there. In my field as a risk manage, manager, threat assessor, mm-hmm. um, it's like you can build a house right. without an architect. Mm-hmm. You need four walls and a roof. That's, that technically is a house. That's a house. We started doing that when we were still cavemen. I mean, it was... But somewhere along the line, they came architects. And architects build a house that looks different, that Mm -hmm. functions better, that the space planning works better. And that's what we do. Everybody can do security. We all understand our own need for safety. And everybody has along the line picked up a lot of knowledge about what security is and how to be safe. Mm Mm-hmm. But your threat assessors, your risk managers, is like the architect. It's like, you can do this better. You can do this in this way, which is going to give you additional benefits 
which a normal person does not think of. I wouldn't think of that stuff, I'm sure. Nor is it my job, though. No, it's not. Thank goodness. No, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to leave the mitigation to you. Yeah, well, hope so. With individuals, there's behavioral patterns. Yeah. There's red flags. There's red flags. And there's, there's, this modern age of internet is not doing us any favors. No, probably not, right. There are known instances where a 16-year-old is having a conversation with a 24, 25-year-old mm -hmm. about how to do this. Right. And they do it on the internet. There's forums out there where they celebrate all these events. Wow. They, they try to emulate each other. It is, it is, it is bad. Um, there's not a single incident so far that is about a person that mentally snapped. They didn't snap. They decided it. They planned. They planned it. They they went for years and actually planned it. They do logistical planning. They all leave suicide notes. They have manifestos. They go into detail. They plan which weapons. They plan their routes. They plan the date. When you see it on the news, it seems like uh, it's just a random act. They had a bad day, and that was the end of it. Unfortunately, There's a lot more to it, apparently. A lot, lot more to it. So, Jan, do, do we, we need more education on a local level? We do need more education, definitely. What um, to look for? What to look for? What to look for. But I think we need, we need help. We need to utilize the resources that's out there. There's a vast community of threat assessors out there, and man, they are awesome. They are smart guys that has walked the years, 40, 50 years of experience. Police, military, secret service, FBI agents that has gone through the training, that knows these things. And we have a very active little community on, on LinkedIn where we share ideas, where we look at these things and talk to each other and, and share the knowledge. Um, people that are in my field are people that care. We care about the people. We care about the children. We want to make them safer. Right. People should just start to listen. There was a beautiful article the other day, and the heading says, we know how to prevent active shooters. You all just need to start listening. Yeah, I think there should be a bit of a perception change. Of perception. How to, how to view this. Yes. Perception's reality in a lot of cases. Yeah, it's, that's reality. That's true. I mean, that's the way it works. I was doing a little research before trying to, you know, pre-show companies. I, I don't know if companies are the right word, word but entities – Sometimes when they need to cut costs, they, they go after their, their security. Do you see that? Is that true? I've, I, you can't believe what you see on the Internet, right? <laughs> but but they, they will, cut, they will cut some corners when it comes to safety. I've been in the security industry my entire life. Um, and unfortunately, security cost is one of the fastest, quickest budget light items that get cut. That is true. We don't need this many guards. Security... Safety is about that 1% of life. It's not about the 99% that happens every day. Right. That doesn't make me feel better. I'm sorry. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I'm sure you see a lot of things that wouldn't make me feel better. I used to, but luckily that's a bit less now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jan, I tell you what, we're going to take a real, real quick break. 
And then we're going to hear a little bit actually about the man, about you and the directions you're taking your company. But Jan, we are very blessed to have some great community partners here at Northeast Georgia Business Radio. And one of our community partners is Busy Bee Exterminators. Now, Busy Bee is a leading termite and pest control company that has been serving Georgia since 1972, longer than I've been alive. Family-owned and locally operated, Busy Bee is proud of its solid reputation and most extensive guarantees available in the industry. They offer free inspections and evaluations to all potential customers, both residential and commercial. Visit BusyBeeExterminators.com for all the details. That's Busy, B-E-E, exterminators.com. And while you're at it, visit our new website, negabrx.com, to see all our great community partners. Yon, you still there? Yes, sir. You got to pay the bills, man. <laughs> no, Busy Bee's great. Great bunch of guys. Brandon and, and his folks are very, very cool. So, Yon, we've talked about mitigating situations like maybe an active shooter in schools and buildings. Uh, I want to know, know a little bit more about you. You didn't wake up one morning and say, hey, I'm, I'm going to go into the mitigation world. You've lived this pretty much your entire life. Oh, goodness, yeah. I'm uh, building you up, man. Don't let me down. <laughs> Seriously, though, you have an extensive background. Well, I was uh, born in uh, a small town in South Africa uh, to a father and a mother that my father was in the military all his life, 40 years of service, and uh, grew up in a few strange places like Namibia. And you traveled the world a little bit. Yeah, and then uh, I joined the military myself uh, in 94, right after South Africa transformed into a rainbow nation, and spent 16 years in the military as a infantry officer. Mechanized infantry reconnaissance was my speciality, especially forward air controlling, which means I know a lot about how to make airstrikes. Nice. <laughs> hey, fight breaks out, get behind this guy because he knows where to stand. That's all I'm saying. Uh, so, yeah, 16 years in the military, got a lot of T-shirts I like and a lot I don't. I'm sure. And uh, then in 2010, I left the military on early retirement and moved to Ghana, West Africa, uh, and started my civilian career over there as uh, head of security and uh, managing director of a facilities management company for the Trisaka Group, uh, which is a group of 13 companies in Accra, Ghana. Gotcha. Uh, spent seven years there and was fortunate enough to meet my wife, Cherie. She is an educator of note. She was the head of American International School in Accra. And... Um, Asked her to marry me, and she said, yeah, sure, but I'm moving to Dubai. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> so uh, we moved to Dubai for two years, and then she said, it's time to go home. And I asked her which one, and she said this one. So I, I got you. 2018, we came to America. Um, was it your first time to America? First time to was America. It, really? it was uh, a lovely eye-opener, I must say. You guys have got a great country here. We really do. And not a political post, people. <laughs> America is great because of the people. Oh, absolutely. Not because of the government. Absolutely. And sometimes politicians don't understand that. Yeah. But no, it, it is true. Sorry. That's true. No, Not the, a political you know, spite there. No, you're good. The, the southern 
people are so similar to the South African people. Are we open, really? Are we really? Open, friendly, like to barbecue, which is important to us. Everything should be on a grill or a smoker. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Um, we could get you guys a bit away from the well done to over to the medium rare side of meat. That, that, that could be a bit of Well, a what happens, John, is sometimes there's a, a too much indulging and, and things get slightly overcooked. <laughs> yeah, that's usually what happens. Okay. I'm going to go with that. Okay, so you must be better cooked than the meat. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, that's what happens. The, the chef, yeah, wow. Okay. Yeah. Something you glossed over, though. You Before you left the service, you were a major. Yes, I was. I retired as a major. Oh, congratulations on that. Well, thank you. I mean, that's an accomplishment. It is. Um, but the moment you hit major, you kind of turn into a pencil pusher, you know. All the fun is out of the job. Really? Yeah, you got But don't the, you kind of earn that that honor to become that pencil you, pusher? No, you definitely do. It's I got to believe you earned everything you got, man. It's hard work. Oh, I, I, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I don't doubt that for a second. It's hard work. So you came to America four, uh, five years ago, I guess. Yeah, um, and uh, since I got to America, got involved in my industry, um, security, my good friends worked with Live Nations a lot, worked with a company called Risk Management of Atlanta, who's in the production industry, got to know the film industry tremendously. So you run security for that? Run security for Warner Brothers and Netflix and HBO and all of them as well, which is truly a, an interesting field. You still do that a little bit, don't you? We still do that a little bit as well, yeah. yeah. But because my wife is in the education industry, since I met her in Ghana, Obviously, with a lot different environment than here in America, the security needs are far greater out there. Got involved in the, in the school environment and started to see how educators think and what they do. Then we moved to Dubai and saw that the needs are pretty much the same. And then came here in the Christian school environment, now Pisco Christian School out in uh, John's Creek. Yes. My yes. wife was the head of lower school there for three years, uh, and she is currently the division head of early learners division at Trinity School in Buckhead. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you start to see that teachers don't have the time to think of security. Security is a full-time job. They don't always have the budgets, like in the public schools, big mm. budgets. These independent schools. You're talking about your private schools, your, your smaller private schools. private schools, your smaller schools. Even a large private school. Yeah. They don't have the budgets to, to hire a specialist. And that is where the idea of perplexity comes from, is to provide independent schools with the resources they need at a cost that they can afford. Gotcha. Um, and because the field demands from you to, you can't do security with a snapshot view. Because right. tomorrow the environment is different. It's a different snapshot. Yeah. Today you're in a nice mood. Nick, tomorrow you're in a bad mood, and mm -hmm. that requires something different. Sure, sure. Um, and these things develop over time. You know, if you look into the histories of, of active shooters and thieves and criminals and, and, and people, they don't one day wake up and they are a mastermind in this. There has been incidents since they were small children, how they grew up, what was the environment in which they found themselves. And if, if you don't start to pay attention to these things, 
firstly, they're going to surprise you when they're older. Right. But secondly, we missed the opportunity to give people what they need when they need it the most. Right. Probably several times over. Several times over. No one, no one comes to this point where they are so disillusioned with life right. that they would... It didn't happen overnight. ...take their own lives right. by going out with a big bang. Right. You know, they could have, they should have received help long ago. Long, long before. And that is what Perplexity aims to do, is we, we partner with, with the schools and specifically independent private schools where we give them the ability to have the specialist on speed dial. Gotcha. Um, Folks, that wraps up the first part of our interview with Jan Dupree from Perplexly LLC. Please join us for the second coming up soon. I'm Tom Sheldon. We'll talk to you soon.